1: Money Pit
2: is presented by Wagner Sprayers, the Angie app, and Dyche Coatings. Now,
3: here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: And we are so glad to be with you today. If you've got a project that you'd like to get done, we would like to help you do just that. So as you look around your house, your condo, your co-op, wherever you call home, if there's something on your to-do list... The aim of this show is for you to slide those projects over to us, put them on our to-do list by reaching out to us with your questions. You can easily do that by going to moneypit.com slash ask. That's moneypit.com slash ask. Coming up on today's program, improving your bathroom. Well, that's one of the best ways to add value and appeal to your home, but If you think those home improvements have to be costly, well, we've got a different approach. There are plenty of ways to give your bathroom a lift without breaking the bank. So we're going to share bath updates you can get done for under 500 bucks coming up.
0: And shake, rattle, and bang are three sounds that you do not want coming out of your plumbing pipes. Those loud noises (laughs) are caused by a condition called water hammer and can cause serious leaks. So we're going to share some simple tips to silence the water hammer for good.
3: Plus, it's National Curb Appeal Month and a good time to focus on those outside projects, including dingy steps and porches and patios. So we're going to share a new stone-based terrazzo coating that you can do in a weekend that's both durable and beautiful.
0: But first, we'd really like to hear from you guys. What are you working on? What are your renovation plans for the rest of the summer? Or maybe you're already thinking about fall. Whatever is going on, let us help you get those projects done right and get them done efficiently so you don't have to do them again.
3: Plus, if you've got a big painting project on your to-do list, we've got a big, powerful paint sprayer to give away today. It's the Wagner Titan Control Max 1700. It's are 379 bucks, and we're going to give it to one very fortunate listener drawn at random. If you want to make that you, reach out to us with your questions. You have to have a home improvement question to qualify. And our number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974, or just go to moneypit.com slash ask. So that's what we've got coming up. So let's get to it, Leslie. Who's first?
0: Caitlin and I was on the line and need some help restoring an old bath. Tell us what's going on.
4: Hi, um, my husband and I moved into our nineteen seventeen farmhouse about a year ago, and our main bathroom only has a clawfoot tub, and we would like a shower in it. So I was wondering if you had any tips on restoring the clawfoot tub and installing a shower kit.
3: So you want to keep the tub, right? You don't want to put a separate shower. You just want to basically plumb up a shower head into that, correct? Correct. Since it's a clawfoot tub, if you disconnect the plumbing, you can get that out of the house? Because the best way to, to refinish that, resurface that, is to send it out to a company that does that. Because if you do it in the house itself, they can come in with acids and they can etch the old finish, and they can add a new finish, and then they can bring in heat lights and bake it on. But I've found that it doesn't work nearly as well as basically sending it out to a place that's set up to re-enamel a tub. And then you're going to have one that really lasts for the long haul. And um, after that, you know, installing a shower kit to that is, is you know, pretty much a plumbing project. Lots of places like Restoration Hardware um, have kits, where you can find them online, where you could basically plumb up the pipe that comes up and then arcs over for the shower head, and you need a nice circular shower curtain, um, a shower bar above it for a curtain. And, you know, all that's easy, but the hard part is getting the tub re-enameled.
4: Okay, and how costly is re-enameling
3: a tub? It's probably not as expensive as buying a new tub, and it's going to last indefinitely.
4: Okay, well, thank you for your advice.
3: You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
0: John in Pennsylvania is on the line and has a question about flooring. What can we do for you today?
5: Uh, we're about to become homeowners, and we need to rip up some carpet, and we want to install hardwood flooring. Uh, we were curious how far you have to leave it away from your new floor, away from the wall.
3: Is it pre-finished hardwood, John?
5: Yeah, it's uh, all finished, yep.
3: Okay, well, that's great. Now, um, I would recommend probably around uh, half of an inch, you want okay. to make it uh, so that a piece of baseboard molding plus shoe molding will cover it. So between baseboard and shoe molding, you've probably got about an inch to an inch and a quarter uh, of, uh, of overlap, so to speak. So generally about a half inch will work. Most of the flooring manufacturers will give you specific advice on what the gap should be. But but I say generally about a half inch is fine. And remember, that's a half inch away from the drywall because even um, you have space uh, under the drywalls well, it adds another half inch. That should give you plenty of room for expansion and contraction.
5: Okay. And then the other question was, when we get the new floors uh, delivered, they said you have to leave it a certain amount of time before we install it to get, I guess, acclimated to our weather.
3: Yeah, you want to acclimate it to the space that it's going to be in, because if it comes like really cold, for example, it's going to kind of shrink. And then if it expands, it could buckle up. So you want to just put it in the room that you're going to install it in and leave it there for a good couple of days to acclimate. Good luck with that project. It's very exciting. This is your first house? Yeah,
5: yeah, first house,
3: yep. All right. Well, good luck.
5: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Hey, Money Pit Podcast fans, you want to help us out? Well, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we're going to give you a virtual high five. Plus, you'll be helping us spread the word about our show. Just go to moneypit.com slash review.
3: Hey, guys, do you have a big painting project still on your to-do list for this summer or fall? Well, if so, we've got a serious paint sprayer to give away that will help with those projects. It's the Titan Control Max 1700 Paint Sprayer by Wagner. And I like that it pulls paint directly from a one- or five-gallon paint container, and it has a 30-foot hose. So if you're painting your house you're painting your fence, you're good to go. It's available for 379 bucks, but we're giving one away to one very lucky listener who calls in with their home improvement question. You could also post your question to moneypit.com slash ask or call us now with that question at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
0: Charlene in Louisiana is on the line with a roofing question. What are you working on?
1: I have a shallow roof on my house. They call it a uh, like a two-three pitch. It's not flat. I mean, it's um, but it's very shallow. Okay, almost no attic. You know, about maybe two feet in there. I was interested in an aluminum roof. You know, like a lifetime roof, and I wanted to know which would be better, that or uh, a regular shingle roof, uh, like an architectural roof.
3: You don't have the pitch for an asphalt shingle roof. You need to have at least a three-twelve or a four-twelve roof to put in shingles.
1: Well, I have shingles on it now, and they've been there for like 20 years.
3: I'm telling you, you may, but it's not right. You can only put shingles on a a roof that's got a minimum pitch of 312 or 412. And if you've got them on there right now, count your blessings, but it shouldn't have been put on there. And any roofing manufacturer will tell you that. If uh you know, if you, your options, therefore, are either to do, say, a rolled roofing or a rubber roofing or a metal roof, um, as long as it's rated for that low pitch. And I think a uh, metal roof's a great investment if you're going to be there for the long haul. But that's what I would invest in because, you know, with that low of a pitch, you probably don't see it very much. And you want to make sure that it's really going to be watertight. And with a low pitch, you just can't use an architectural shingle, it just won't work. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
3: That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a hundred times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold
0: All right, next up we've got Ray in Minnesota, who's working on a decking project. How can we help you?
5: Um, Yeah, I just bought a house, and it was built in 2008. And I have a big wraparound porch, and it looks like it's never been really maintained since they built it. And so, especially with the Minnesota winters up here and the weather, looking to seal it, but not really sure what to use and also, you know, not really wanting to have to do it every single year, you know. So just wanted to get some advice about what I could do.
3: So is the porch flooring uh, a finished floor, or is it like a deck, like pressure-treated? Pressure-treated wood. It's a deck.
0: And is there anything on it
3: currently? Uh, no. So what you can do is you could apply a solid color deck stain to that. Okay. And a solid color stain is going to last longer than a semi-transparent or, or certainly a transparent stain. But you use a deck stain because deck stains also have some durability to them.
0: Yeah, the benefit of the solid color stain is that because it's a stain, it's actually going to penetrate the surface of the wood, so the color will actually get into the lumber itself. And then a solid stain obviously has more pigment to it, so given the fact that your deck has had nothing on it for however many years, it probably looks a little worn in places and maybe worse for the wear. So a solid stain is going to sort of cover all of that up while giving you some color And still act as a stain since that's what it is. And you're generally, if you apply it correctly, you're going to get about five years on horizontal surfaces and, you know, about seven years on vertical. It really depends on the weather conditions, the application, how you prep it. Is the wood totally dried out when you're putting it on? But a solid stain is probably the best bet.
5: Okay. Okay. I I had one question about it. I've seen some commercials for some new products that, uh, that are more kind of like concrete based almost like a more of a, a paint type thing. What about those? Are those good? Or would you recommend using something like that?
3: Or? Don't do not do it. I think you're talking about the, the, the products that are like liquid siding and things of that nature. If you were going to consider a product like that, I would Google the name of that product and the word complaints because we've seen a lot of complaints about those products that uh, claim to, you know, encapsulate the surfaces that they're applied to, just not working very well. I would stick with the basics. A good quality, solid color stain uh, from a good manufacturer is going to last a long time, and you certainly won't be doing it every year.
5: Okay, great. Well, I really appreciate the information and the help. Thank you again for taking my call.
3: You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Well, improving your bathroom is one of the best ways to add value and appeal to your home. But if you think those improvements have to be costly, think again. We've got plenty of ways for you to give your bathroom a lift without breaking the bank in today's home solutions tip presented by Angie.
3: Now, you can start with one home improvement that can actually save you money on medical bills. We're talking about safety grab bars around tubs and toilets to keep people of any age from taking a spill. And I do mean any age. You want to go with safety bars that are one and one quarter to one and a half inches in diameter. And if you're thinking they might make your whole bathroom look like it's a handicapped bath, it won't because the new grab bars today, well, they look like towel holders, for example, and other decorative elements, and they also hold like 300 pounds. So you can get these grab bars that look like they belong in your bathroom, but still give you lots and lots of safety as a result.
0: Yeah, and you can also think about changing out your bathroom's lighting. Now, lighting is key, especially in powder rooms, and if they've got no windows, you need good lighting. So amp up existing wattage if your fixtures allow for it, and replace older light fixtures with new ones for an all-around better
3: look. And finally, help your monthly budget and Mother Nature with faucets and accessories marked with the WaterSense label. Now, that's a program put together by the EPA, and they can save you more than 500 gallons of water each year. And when you think about the fact that your shower accounts for almost 20% of your household water use, you can start to see how a high-fifty showerhead can definitely pay off big.
0: And that's today's home solutions tip presented by Angie. There's always a new problem to solve as a homeowner, but Angie's network of 220,000-plus skilled pros makes it easy to find the help you need. Download the app today. Now we're going to talk to Blair in Virginia, who's taking on a painting project. Tell us about the ceiling you're working on.
4: I uh, pulled out my towel washer and decided to clean off the deck and the walls and the ceiling. And now the ceiling needs to be repainted. And it was originally painted with an oil-based paint. Okay. I would like to not use oil-based. I would like to go over it with a water-based. But I don't know, first off, if I can do that or and what would be the breast brands
3: to look into. So the first question is Is adhesion. What's the ceiling made out of? Is this a drywall ceiling, a wood ceiling? What is it? It's a wood ceiling. What kind of wood? It's a plot to supply wood. The first thing I would do now that you've got this all cleaned off is I would prime it and I would use either an alkyd primer, which is water-based, or I would use an oil primer, just the primer. The primer, it's important that it sticks really, really well. And it's also important that it adheres to whatever was there initially. And, you know, through the life of that ceiling, it may have had different paints, different finishes on it. We want to make sure we get primer on there that's going to have a real adhesive effect. Because once you get primer that sticks really well, then you could put latex ceiling paint or any type of like solid stain or something like that on top of it. But you got to use a good quality primer. That's really critical. So do the primer first. On top of that, since it's wood, you could use solid stain or you could use exterior paint. I would stick with a flat, though, if you're going to use the paint.
1: Right, right. Okay. So as long as I prime it well.
3: You would probably be more tempted to use that than oil base. but honestly, oil base works better than anything else. I just repainted my entire house, and uh, I have a cedar house, and we use solid stain, which I'm always promoting on the radio show because it has the most pigment in it. But what I don't mention is that we had to prime this, prime the entire house, and the last time, you know when the last time was I painted my house? When? 14 years ago. 14 years because I used oil based primer back then and solid stain. And I did the same thing all over again because I want to get another 14 years out of it. But that's what you'll get if you do it right.
1: Okay. I can do that then. Thank you very much.
3: And good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
0: Jeff in Wisconsin, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today?
2: I'm wanting to add some insulation to the attic of my old, old house that I just bought last year. And I don't know which uh, way I should go with either the, uh, the loose fill or the bath. Um I want to do it myself to save money, but the, the loose fill, uh, I'm kind of uncomfortable with all the the weird conduits and outlet boxes and stuff that are up there in the attic. It's a walk-up attic, and we have a little bit of storage area up there. I don't know if, um, if stapling the, uh, the rolls up against the roof is, I don't know what's going to give me the best R value and time value and uh, money. Value obviously
3: for all right. So first of all, let's talk about where the insulation goes. This attic is unfinished, correct? It's not a sleeping space. Is yes, it? correct. So the attic does not. The insulation in this case does not go up against the rafters. The attic. The insulation goes on the floor. Uh, what you would call the floor of the attic when you're standing in it. Now, is okay. there is there a wood floor across the entire attic surface? Now,
2: no. No,
3: it's there's not. So it's open beams there, right? You can look down into the see the ceiling below.
2: Uh, no, it's uh, it's got um, the rolls in between there. But like I said, we have a storage area which is the center of it that has plywood down on top.
3: Okay, that's actually perfect. So here's what I think you should do. I would buy unfaced fiberglass bats, and just like the word says, unfaced means no paper face. No, um, you know, vapor barrier face. It's just plain old fiberglass bats. Now, you lay these down perpendicular to the floor joists. So not, not parallel to, but perpendicular. And you would lay these across the entire attic floor, except for the area that you want to reserve for storage. So this is an easy way to kind of say double or more than double the amount of insulation that's there, um, but, but still saving that storage space because once you put this down, it's actually going to be higher than the thickness of the floor joists, and you can't crush insulation. If you crush it, it doesn't work. So that's why it has to sit on top. So if you were to put like 10 or 12-inch bats down like that, you would have a dramatic increase in energy efficiency.
2: Oh, that's not a bad idea. I like that. Okay.
3: Great. Thanks so much for your help. You're very welcome, Jeff. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit.
1: Wendy in Arkansas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Recently I had a leak in my roof, in my bedroom. And it started out just a water stain on the ceiling. Um, It's approximately 12 inches wide, 24 inches long. But here recently in the past few weeks, it looks like it's growing mold. Um, It's a a spot about the size of a dinner plate that it's real dark black mold. So I'm, I'm concerned that it may be black mold. And I don't know if, is there something that I can do to, to fix this, uh, like with primer or paint, and you know maybe bleach or something to kill the mold, or is it something? Am I going to have to replace the sheetrock in the ceiling?
3: Well, first of all, do you think that you've dealt with the leak? That there's no more. There's no longer a leak there.
1: Well, I have a, a metal roof, and I think what has happened is the the rain. It, it came a really really bad storm, and it was blowing all different directions, and I think the the water actually blew under. It blew up under the the metal on the roof. I don't think it's actually a leak because I haven't ever had any more So here's what
3: you need to know. If if your ceiling gets stained like that from a leak, you can't just paint over it because the stain will come through. So what you have to do first is you have to prime it. So get an alkyd-based primer or an oil-based primer, water or oil-based, it doesn't matter, and paint over that spot. Then once you've painted over with the primer, then you can... Paint, put the finish coat on top of that, but the paint the primer has to be done first. If you're concerned that it's mold and you want to make sure it's not, then I would take about a about a 15 to 20 percent bleach solution. So maybe like one part bleach, three parts water, something like that can make it a bit stronger. Spray it down in that moldy area, let it sit for 15 to 20 minutes, and then clean it off, and then proceed with the with the primer and the paint.
1: Okay, um, like I said, I'm I'm concerned. I- I, I can't, you know, see the other side of the sheetrock uh, because there is no attic space.
3: Well, right now it's a fairly small spot, so let's just deal with that and and move on. I wouldn't make a bigger problem out of it just yet. We think the leak was a one-time situation, so now we just have to deal with this. Um, you know, it's most likely a leak stain that you're looking at and not mold.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure it's mold. <laughs> it's it, it, one, one spot it does look you know, fuzzy, like, you know, it's a white.
0: There's a product called a five-minute mold test, and it's actually a swab within almost like a little tubey thing, and you just swab the area that you think is mold and pop it in there, and you'll actually get a reading within five minutes telling you if it's mold. And I think, does it also tell you the type of mold, Tom?
3: I think it might, and they have a consulting service, too, that will follow up with you on the result and tell you what they recommend you do about
1: it. Okay, well, great. That certainly helps. I'll give it a try.
3: Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888- money pit.
1: Well, everybody
0: is used to their homes making some noises, but when they're coming from the plumbing, that is never good. When you hear shaking and rattling and banging, it's not always the best. So those loud (laughs) sounds are actually caused by a condition that's called water hammer, and eventually it can cause damage to the pipes and even catastrophic leaks. This is never good.
3: Yeah. So let's talk about what this actually is. Water hammer is caused when a valve closes quickly. So if you think about it, for example, your clothes washer, your dishwasher, your toilet, you have the momentum of all that water moving through the pipes, and all of a sudden the valve closes. But the pipes carrying all of that water, all of that water that's very heavy, by the way, because water is eight pounds per gallon, the water keeps moving. And if the pipes are loose, it kind of shakes them. And that's the water hammer that we hear because when you – bang a pipe, you know, they're copper for the most part, and you hear it throughout the entire house. So the solution is to first secure all the accessible pipes that you can get to. So if you can get to your crawl space or your basement and you see pipes going across the beams, you want to put some additional fasteners on there to hold them tight against that wood framing. If it's held tight, it's not going to shake and rattle and roll, right? Now, the other thing that you can do is install what's called a water hammer arrestor or a shock suppressor, and that will help to quiet it as well.
0: I mean, this all really sounds like a shock absorber for your car. I mean, how does it work?
3: Yeah, it's very similar, and it's really pretty simple. It's basically an air-filled chamber with a rubber sort of diaphragm that absorbs the shock. So as the water you know, screeches to a halt, it sort of can keep moving forward a little bit because that diaphragm is giving it a little bit of flex, a little bit of a bumper to sort of bounce off and then go back into the pipes without shaking them and making that racket. So that stops the pipes from banging, from vibrating, and potentially even leaking. So if it's something that you're hearing, you really should take some steps to secure those pipes, and if it's really bad install the water hammer arresters so that you will avoid the potential of a future significant leak in your house.
0: Yeah, no one wants that.
3: Well, I love summer because it's a time when I can get a lot of projects done outside. And if you guys have a painting project that's ongoing, we have got a serious paint sprayer to give away that will help you get those projects done. It is from Wagner. It's the Titan Control Max 1700 paint sprayer. And it's a high-efficiency airless sprayer with technology that produces 55% less overspray and the paint goes on three times faster than a roller. It's available for 379 bucks, but one very lucky listener is going to win the Titan Control Max 1700 by calling us at 188 moneypit or going to moneypit.com slash ask. We're going to draw one name out of the Money Pit hard hat and send that paint sprayer to you. So let's get to it. The number again, 1888 moneypit or go to moneypit.com slash ask ask.
0: Brian in Washington, you've got the money, pit. how can we help you today?
5: Last summer, I repainted the exterior of my house and I used quite a few nails to kind of shore up some different things. I also fixed a window and uh, after I repainted, I used galvanized nails, but this year I already have a lot of bleeding of rust from the nails coming through. So I uh, I also did some caulking between the the pieces of wood and that seems to be peeling out already so i was just wondering if there was something that i could you know go over the heads of the nails with something quick something that i didn't have to redo the whole side of the house
3: when you did the side of the house last summer did you prime it or did you just put the paint over the old paint um put lots of primer lots of primer yeah what kind of primer like uh was it a latex primer oil primer what was it uh Gosh, I don't know that. I didn't buy the paint, but uh, we put it... But you did prime. You primed over those nail heads? Yes, we did. Yes. And it's coming through. Because generally, well, you say you use galvanized, so that's good. Was this cedar
2: um, siding? No. It's just um, conventional horizontal. Standard.
3: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it seems like the, the nails, the galvanized coating on the nails didn't really stand up very well, but generally the advice is this, when you finish nailing off that, you need to spot prime those nail heads. But if you're telling me you already spot primed them and the the stain's coming right through, then um, I'm not really sure that we have any other suggestions for you. There are differences in the quality of primers. Um, I would always recommend an oil-based primer over a latex primer when it had a stain issue to deal with because it tends to seal it in better. So that's the only additional thing you might want to try is to sand those down to the heads and then touch them up with an oil-based primer and paint them again.
5: All right. I guess that answers my question.
0: Well, it's National Curb Appeal Month. Yes, there's a month for everything, and Tom, your card is in the mail, so keep an eye out for
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> <I> hope so.
0: <laughs> it is really though a great time to focus on all of your outside projects. So if you've got dingy steps, porches, patios, there's a lot you can do. Now terrazzo has long been a floor that's both durable and beautiful. But while traditional terrazzo is costly and expensive to install. Dish Coating's new Terrazzo flooring system is not. Now, this is a stone-based liquid flooring system that works indoors and out and provides a very realistic and attractive appearance.
3: Yeah, and the application is very easy. You simply mix the product and you pour it on the floor, and then you roll it out to spread the product evenly across the surface. Now, one gallon covers 60 square feet, so it's perfect for a porch or steps or a small patio. Or you can order more to cover pool decks and basements or garage floors. Now, once the Terrazzo dries, you just apply a sealer on top of it and you're good to go. It completely resurfaces the existing floor or concrete surface with a flexible, watertight and very easy to clean finish.
0: Yeah, you know, you essentially get the beauty of real granite, but you just roll it on. And I mean, it's tough stuff, too. It's been tested for water, salt, chemical impact, and abrasion resistance. And it also resists the hot tire pickup, meaning, you know, when you've been driving a while and your car is super hot and tires, it's not going to mess up as you drive on it. Plus, mold and mildew resistancy. And these products even cover and hide hairline cracks and minor flaws in your existing surface. So you can't lose.
3: Plus, this is a project that you can easily do in a weekend. Now, Terrazzo comes in 7 premixed colors. It dries quickly, and it cleans up easily with water. You'll find Terrazzo, along with other Dice Coatings, primers, and decorative concrete products online at Lowe's or at DiceCoatings.com. That's D-A-I-C-H Coatings.com.
0: We've got Rebecca from Kansas
4: on the line. What can we do for you today? We have a room that has the old wood paneling in it with the grooves and such, but would really like to not remove it But is there some way we can get the drywall look without putting up drywall with uh, putting on mud by hand or splattering it and kind of doing a knockdown or would it stick or what do we need to do?
0: Well, I feel like whatever you put on top of it, whether you fill it with mud or you use something to make the grooves go away and then try to smooth out the surface, you're going to get so much movement from the walls just in general not that your house is moving but you know it does and it gets a lot of movement just from people walking by that none of that's going to stick in there and it's going to end up falling off and looking weird and you're going to have to do it again so my suggestion is either embrace the paneling look as far as the grooves and paint it to give it a different effect or put like a half inch drywall over it?
4: Uh, if you painted it, would you have to put some kind of a primer so it'll stick or would you need to do a light sand on it? Or Yes and yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want to make sure that the surface is clean, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything, you know, sticky or gross on it, you want to give it a good cleaning. You can use something like TSP, which is trisodium phosphate, and that's like a good wall prep product, or you can give it a light sanding, but if you give it a nice, if there's a sheen to it, you may want to give it a light sanding, but not necessarily. And then I would use a really good heavy-duty primer, something perhaps like a bin or a zinzer, something that's, you know, hardcore that's going to stick to anything, and then let that dry, and once that's done, you can go ahead and put a latex top coat on it.
4: Okay. If we elected to do the half-inch drywall, we'd just treat it like a normal drywall uh, Tape it, put the mud on, and sand it, and then paint it.
0: Absolutely. The only thing to consider is that any electrical outlets, your boxes, things like that, are going to have to be pulled out a little bit.
4: Oh, we're going to have to bring them out.
0: Yeah. Trim as well.
4: Okay. Very good. Thank you.
3: Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
4: Debbie in
0: Great Falls, Montana reached out to Team Money Pit, and she says, I want to know what kind of preparation we should be doing to paint over our metal siding and what type of paint you would recommend.
3: You know, great question. Metal can be a little bit tricky, but let's go through the basics. First of all, it is really important that the surface is clean, especially when you're talking about siding that's been exposed to the elements and to the dust in the air and the pollution that gets in the air. It all sticks to the siding and it can stop the paint from sticking to the side. You want to basically clean that surface. You can use, for example, Simple Green in a pressure washer, and you're going to do a good job of cleaning that. Dry it thoroughly, Uh, wait a day or two to make sure it's absolutely 100% dry, so you want to be clean and dry. And secondly, the most important thing is the adhesion, obviously. That's key. So what you're going to want to do is use what's called a bonding primer. Now, bonding primers... Um, are primers that have high adhesion capabilities. So they're a little bit different than a regular primer. And the way you use these, I would do a test first. And we call it a scratch test. So you take your bonding prior and you do a, a coat somewhere where it's not terribly obvious. You wait the required dry time, and then you go there and scratch it. And you can scratch it with your nail. You know, I wouldn't scratch it with a metal tool because that's kind of unusual. But, you know, anything you have that you think would be a good thing to scratch it with and test it and see if you've got good adhesion. If you're using the right product, it is really going to stick well to that siding. So if it passes that scratch test, then you can go on to painting. Now, I like to stay in the same family of primers and paint. Um, I personally prefer to use uh, oil-based paint because I feel like it has better grab than latex when you're painting on metal. I understand it's a hassle to clean up, but let's face it, folks, it's not that hard. And if it really bothers you that much, then just throw away the roller and, you know, start with a new one every single time. But I think that you'll find that the oil-based paint, the solvent-based paints are just give you better adhesion. I mean, Leslie, I was painting, for example, a metal shelf that was an old metal shelf, and it needed a lot of cleanup, and I did that. as I was painting and putting on a new color, I was using Rust-Oleum for this. You can just feel the grab of that paint as you're, like, trying to brush it on. The brush doesn't, like, slide over it. It kind of drags over it because it's like friction that holds it down. And you know you're using a paint that has got really good adhesion when that happens.
0: I mean, I hear what you're saying about solvent-based versus water-based, but truly, outside of a primer, I can't remember the last time I've used a solvent-based paint for anything.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate we've been getting away from it, but, but anybody who's been painting for as many years as I have knows the difference. And when you put a solvent-based paint on, it really does adhere. I mean, even when we did... For example, last time we painted our cedar, we stained, I should say, our cedar siding, we used a solvent-based primer underneath that, and we used a latex-based top coat. And together, they worked very, very well. But that adhesion is key. And if you don't get it right, you're going to be very sad when that paint starts peeling off in a very big way. Because when that happens, there's nothing you can do except strip it off, which is an enormous project and start again.
0: Yeah, seriously. But I agree with you. Definitely, if anything, use that solvent-based primer. It will make sure things stick for sure.
3: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, guys, thank you so much for spending a part of your day listening to us. We hope that we've given you a valuable tip or two to help you with a project or a task you're trying to get done around your house. If you've got a question, you can reach out to us anytime at 1-888-MONEYPIT. But for the fastest possible response, just go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. Until next time, I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
3: Remember, you can do it yourself.
0: But you don't have to do it alone. You
4: live in a body Pit.